Hello, and welcome to episode 406 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva and the football. It is flowing. It is actually a great time to be alive on the Twitter machine. I really do love it. Anyways, Evan, how's it going today? It's going well. On our previous show, our uh, our first ranking show, we talked about the top 12. I had Mike Evans at number seven. Since had to move him down to number 12 overall. So he's technically not a part of this show for me. Um, but I, I wanted to mention that I moved him from wide receiver three down to wide receiver five uh, and down a tier. Still at the top of the second tier, but no longer a first tier wide receiver for me. I mean, I still want him. I still want him in the second round. Um, that, that's where he typically goes. And he's probably my favorite second round pick. Uh, but just had to move him down a little bit with the Julio signing and the positive reports on Chris Godwin. I still think he could score 20 touchdowns, though. I mean, yeah. Mike Evans was put on this earth, put on this planet to hit pay dirt, baby. Yes, and I was put on this earth to read Athletic and ESPN articles all day to uncover uh, small nuggets of fantasy football news. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about Mike Evans because I do have Mike Evans as a second-round pick. As I've mentioned on today's show, we are going to talk about our round two rankings. You'll remember that last week in episode 403, we revealed and discussed our top 12 players. In this episode, we will discuss who we have ranked in spots 13 through 24. Before we get into it, note this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. They have an absurd, ridiculous, 2 million to first, 1 million to second fantasy tournament running right now. If you use promo code ETR when you sign up, they will match your first deposit up to $100. It's really an unbelievable contest. And it really is great practice also for your home league. Also, it's a tricky time of year. There's going to be a lot of news, a lot of takes that are flying out there. Just be careful. We consider it our job to go through all that news to pick out exactly what actually matters, what stats actually matter, and really not waste your time. You know, like we know what actually matters and we adjust our rankings accordingly. So our business model is not to get the most clicks. It's to cater to the smaller amount of people who are actually willing to pay for quality. So be sure to check out the draft kit. All right. Let's get into it here, Evan, with our round two rankings. Again, you can go back and listen to 403 for my round one rankings, round one through 12. At 13th overall, I have Najee Harris. There are not many true three down plus goal line backs left in today's NFL. Najee Harris is 24 years old. We know Mike Tomlin and the Steelers love, love, love to feature one back. And so last year as a rookie, Najee Harris, 18 carries per game five and a half targets per game. He had 10 carries from inside the five yard line. No one else on Pittsburgh had more than one. And I also think that Mitchell Trubisky will be an upgrade on Ben Roethlisberger. So that 3.9 yards per carry last year, maybe the offensive line still sucks, but maybe, maybe more efficiency in the run game for Najee this year. But most importantly, I mean, you remember that game in week three when Najee caught 14 balls on 19 targets. I think it was against the Bengals last year. I mean, when you can do that and get 300 carries, you're a pretty good pick. And I'm actually tempted a lot to move Najee Harris into round one just for the safety of the workload, even though I don't think that the ceiling is as high as some of those other guys that I have in round one. So that's my Najee take. Evan, who do you have at 13th overall? C.D. Lamb. Amari Cooper is gone. Michael Gallup is not going to be ready for the start of the season by his own admission. James Washington just suffered a Jones fracture. The target competition is so, so weak. I, I just bet C.D. Lamb to lead the NFL in receptions at 15 to 1 and receiving yards at 15 to 1. 
My question now is, do I move him ahead of Mike Evans, who we just talked about, and is one spot ahead of him, both in terms of the top 150 and uh, the the straight uh, wide receiver rankings? Do I want CeeDee Lamb over Mike Evans mm-hmm. it, it is the, the question that I'm dealing with right now. I actually have them back-to-back a little bit later than you, but I have them back-to-back, and I do have CD one spot ahead of Mike Evans, but I'll talk about more about that in a second here for sure. 14th overall, I have Joe Mixon. I, I'm tempted to have Joe Mixon a little bit higher because I think the offensive line is like legit improved. And by the way, for those of you guys who do have the draft kit, Brandon Thorne's rank article ranking the offensive lines will be up next week. But man, you know, they signed Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, Lyle Collins, you know, I still think Jonah Williams and Jackson Carmen may not be dead. Like they could have an actually good offensive line. And we'll talk to Brandon more about that. And of course we know the Bengals are going to be good because they have our Kings, you know, the men from my 250K win, shout out to me, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins. The only reason Joe Mixon is not like a top five pick is because the pass down stuff. When it was third and three or more last year, Mixon was only on the field 17% of the time. Samaj Piran was on the field 64% of the time. And we saw it in the Super Bowl. I mean, they benched Joe Mixon in the biggest plays of the Super Bowl because it was hurry up, it was third down stuff. And so it's hard for me to get beyond Joe Mixon as a round one pick with that role. But man, I mean, he could be really efficient and score a ton of touchdowns this year. So I have Joe Mixon 14th overall. Evan, go ahead with your 14th ranked player. Devontae Adams. And I'm still like well below market on him because he goes in the first round pretty consistently still starting to get more to the back end of the first round. Um, and I, but I have him in the second round, but I'm still pretty high on him. I mean, I think he's what wide receiver six wide receiver seven at this point. And I have him as the, the second pick in the second round from a value standpoint, he turns 30 in December. Okay. He got paid. Sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing. there's a definite quarterback downgrade. Mm -hmm. And I know that you kind of like Derek Carr a little bit better than I do. I think we can both agree that he's a big downgrade from Devon, from uh, Aaron Rodgers, Um, And they had just an immense chemistry that they built in green Bay. And now Derek Carr played with Devonta Adams at Fresno state. And I think that that's good. And I do think they'll they'll have solid chemistry, but to reach that level, that, that symbiotic level, at which Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams were, that, that's going to be tough. And, and the target competition. I mean, he was competing for targets against scrubs in Green Bay. Like, let, let's be real. And Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are actually good football players. Yeah. So there's enough there for me to build the anti-Devontae Adams case. Again, I still have him as what, like a top 15 overall player, uh, number 14 overall player. But um, I, I'm not getting him any dra- in any drafts, and he's going to end up on the shy away list. Yeah, and, and to be clear, like I would not. I had Devontae Adams in the first round, uh, uh, ninth uh, or tenth overall. But I mean, I would not kill anyone for taking Najee Harris or Joe Mixon or Derrick Henry over Devontae Adams. Like you know, if, if that's the route you want to go, I think that's totally fine. Evans' points on Devontae Adams are certainly well taken. For me, it's like more bet on talent thing. While I'm why I'm like uh, a little bit higher on Devontae, but I certainly. I'm not like flying off the shelf to get Devontae Adams this year. Let's go to 15th overall. 15th overall, I have C. Lamb, who Evan just mentioned. The, the only thing that I would add, man, I mean, we currently have 23% of the targets projected for C.D. Lamb. I could see that being like the floor. I mean, C.D. Lamb could get 25, 27, 30% of the targets. And once you start reaching those levels, those Cooper Cup, 
Michael Thomas in his heyday, uh, Devontae Adams type levels where in any given game, you can get 30 to 35% of the targets. I mean, you can have absolutely massive games when you're as talented as CeeDee Lamb is. And those, ta- those targets that I'm talking about are quality targets. I mean, we know Dak is very, very, very good. So with Amari gone and Gallup hurt and James Washington hurt and yada, yada, yada. And I also think more slot slaps are possible for CeeDee Lamb, which I know we haven't talked about a ton, but with Amari gone, you know, we could see CeeDee a lot in the slot, which I think would be good for him to get some layup targets. And so I have CeeDee Lamb 15th overall, certainly no problem taking him right there at that one-two turn. Yeah, in, in that respect, you know, the kind of under radar loss of the Cowboys of Cedric Wilson, because he mm-hmm. played a lot in the slot. And that frees up CD to play a lot more slot too. All right, Evan, who do you have for fifteenth uh, overall? Najee Harris, and you kind of already gave gave a, a good spiel about him and, and what makes him appealing. Um, but I'm below market on him, and I think that Dwayne McFarland has done a good job of pointing this out um, that the the offense is going to change the the way that Ben Roethlisberger operated was very highly conducive to short targets and, and players that run that run low a dot routes to pile up a bunch of targets and that's Najee Harris and the team is probably going to run more this year which you know that that could help in in the respect of um Najee Harris getting more carries but that's going to hurt his his PPR uh, appeal so uh, I just I don't think that the the receptions are going to be there and he relied heavily on them last year and I'm worried about the offense are they going to score a lot of points in Pittsburgh this year their offensive line is still problematic and um, you know we could see multiple quarterbacks make starts for the Steelers ultimately you know are they gonna be better than Ben Roethlisberger was maybe but there's a a level of of clarity that is lacking there I mean they use a first round pick on Kenny Pickett but they're essentially assuring Mitchell Trubisky of you know starting week one I mean there can be I don't, I don't know how the offense is going to look. You know, uh, it, it's run by Matt Canada now. It has been run by Ben Roethlisberger for years. And I think that, um, I don't know, there's just a lot of uncertainty in, in, in terms of the Pittsburgh offense this year. And I, 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 don't, want, I don't want to take that, a guy like that in the first round that, that is, a, you know, a big part of that. Yeah, I, I think I'm more confident than you are that Mitch will be an upgrade on Ben. On, on the 2021 version of Ben. That's all. I, I think Mitch will be fine. Uh, but, you know, that could certainly be end out being wrong. All right. 16th overall, I have Mike Evans. Um, you know, Evans talked a ton about Mike Evans. The only thing I have to add is just one thing that the Bucks did last year that caught my eye was they went out of their way to keep the 1,000-yard streak alive. So Mike Evans has been in the league for eight years. He has eight. 1,000 yard seasons. And so in, at the end of the year last year, they were clearly force feeding Mike Evans to keep that streak alive, you know? So I, I think 1,000 yards was like the floor for Mike Evans, given the setup uh, and given how good he is. Now, certainly the Godwin and Julio stuff complicates things. We talked a ton about that last episode. And I think there's some also risk that, I mean, at some point, man, Tom Brady's not gonna be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he's 44 years old. Like at some point, it's, he's like not gonna be that. I don't know if it'll be this year. I doubt it'll be this year. But goddamn, I have to feel like there's at least some risk there. But the touchdown upside, plus combined with the fact that maybe Julio is on his last legs, maybe Chris Godwin isn't as healthy as he seems right now. I feel like if you get Mike Evans at 16th overall, like the floor-ceiling combo there is really, really, really good. And obviously, Evan agrees because he has Mike Evans much higher than me up at 
12th overall. All right, Evan, who do you have at 16? Aaron Jones. And we were probably too high on Aaron Jones last year, and we can take that L a little bit. But I, I, I want to maintain being high on him into this year because he's the best player outside of Aaron Rodgers. He's the best player in the Green Bay offense. And if you look at the NFL Wowie stuff with and without, you know, on, on the field or not on the field with Devontae Adams over the past few seasons, there's a decent sample size, about a half season's worth. Aaron Jones, the offense run, runs through Aaron Jones with no Devontae Adams. And of course, Devontae Adams is gone. You know, we're talking about guys like Sammy Watkins and Robio Dubs at receiver. Um, and Aaron Jones is an excellent receiver. And he's a really good runner. And I think that, you know, they're going to clock defenses with both of the RBs. And I think this is another scenario where um, both RBs in Green Bay could out could beat their ADPs. And A.J. Dillon's ADP is starting to creep up. I mean, you, yeah. he usually doesn't get past the sixth round. Uh, but you can get Aaron Jones pretty confidently in the second round almost every time, especially in the, the middle of the second round. Um, I, I think he's going to have a great year. Yep. I have, as we move to the 17th overall pick, that's where I have Aaron Jones 17th overall. I mean, to me, one of the NFL's worst wide receiver cores right now, plus Big Bob Tunyon coming off the ACL. I mean, I think the way they're going to play, and this defense could be good. I mean, oh, I don't yeah. consider myself any kind of defensive expert, but to me, they could have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And so you run the ball, you run a ton with both Jones and Dylan, and you play good defense, and you throw a lot of checkdowns, and you throw a lot of passes and wheel routes to Aaron Jones. I mean, that's to me how Green Bay wins this year if they do win. And so I, I'm, I feel pretty good about Aaron Jones' floor ceiling combo as well. Because as Evan said, I mean, without they know what to do without Devontae. More touches for Aaron Jones, and I think more touches for A.J. Dillon as well. Go to, oh, who do you have 17th overall, Evan? My next guy is Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to look like he's going to avoid suspension, or at least that the, you know, the, the ruling on his case is going to be delayed until after the season. I mean, they just got another 60-day delay, and they're going to continue to do that. Um, so I don't think he's going to get suspended at this point, and the, the big move up the top 150 reflects that. I am concerned about the complexion of the offense stuff, though, because Jameis has never been a big checkdown passer. Michael Thomas is back. They traded they through the whole kitchen sink at acquiring Chris Olave, you know. Um, so, and, and we, we had Underhill on, and he's like, he's not going to catch 80 passes anymore. You know, he opened his career with like 80, 80 receptions and all three, each of his first three NFL seasons, and it's just not going to be like that anymore. He's probably going to be more in the high 50, low 60s range, and that hurts, uh, but he's still an awesome player, and uh, you know, as you mentioned on, on our, our previous show, he's probably going to start to go in the second round because you could get him consistently in the third and in, in fourth in, in um, Scott Fishbowl. I got him in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his ADP is starting to reflect that people are starting to understand that he's probably not going to get suspended this year. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's go to uh, 18th overall. I have Mark Andrews, just a ridiculous breakout for Mark Andrews. Last season, 107 catches, 1,361 yards, nine touchdowns, played all 17 games. Now, I would note that his best games did not come with Lamar Jackson. They quietly came with Tyler Huntley and Josh Johnson. And I'd also note 
that the Ravens got a bit loose last year, kind of out of what I thought is their character, 13th in pass rate over expectation, which is really high for them. I mean, they just couldn't run the ball at all after they lost all their running backs and Lamar misses five games. You know, with Lamar back, Dobbins back, Gus, I hope Dobbins back, hopefully Gus back. I expect them to get to really running the ball more. And that's why I'm a little worried about Mark Andrews here at 18th overall, but still just such a talented player as a receiver. Lack of target competition with Marquise Brown gone and positional scarcity. I mean, besides Kelsey and Mark Andrews and Waller, and maybe you could throw Pitts and Kittle in there, maybe. But, you know, everything else is just a total crapshoot. And so to get a dominant player at 10M position, we've talked about this for years, it can make a huge, huge difference in your win rate. And so there's some case for reaching what you think might be above expectation on Mark Andrews because of the position that he fills. So I have Mark Andrews at 18th overall. Evan, who do you have 18 overall? Joe Mixon. And you already talked about him, but it's just, is he going to get the passing down stuff? I, I don't think they, I think they want to kind of phase out some IJP run, keep him on the roster, but have the third, have him be the third back and move Chris Evans up. Chris Evans is a really good pass catcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, Samaj P. Ryan isn't even a good pass catcher. I think that they liked him mostly as like a, a pass protection guy. Um, and they they do throw to Joe Mixon on early downs. I mean, they they do. But, you know, he's not the, the full workload player that some of these other guys that I have ranked ahead of him are. Yep, clearly. Um, 19th overall, I have Saquon Barkley. Now, Saquon Barkley has not been good since 2019. And I get that. Believe me, I do. He had the 2020 early season ACL tear. 2021, he was just a disaster. You know, maybe he came back too soon or maybe the scheme was just so egregiously bad that that no one on the Giants had a shot. But now he's another year removed from the ACL. You get rid of these stone-cold donkeys like Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, and you bring in, to me, one of the best offensive minds in the game in Brian Dable. And most importantly, Saquon is the archetype of the player who can finish number one overall, not like a RB one. I mean, the number one running back because he has a true three down plus goal line role plays really well in the pass game will be used at the goal line, improved offensive line with Andrew Thomas and Andrew Neal. You know, I I mean, how do you finish as the overall running back one? You get 300 plus carries and you catch the ball 60 to 80 times and you score a bunch of touchdowns. And Saquon Barkley at least has that in his range. A lot of these other running backs just don't because of the way that they're used, their timeshares, et cetera, et cetera. So I like taking shots on Saquon this year. I know it doesn't feel good because of the way he's played lately, but shout out Penn State. Saquon is my 19th player. Evan, who do you have at 19? Tyreek Hill. And people are scared to draft him. I mean, I've seen him go in the third round. I think, yeah, he went in the third round in my pros versus Joe's draft and not like the early third round, like the middle third round. Um, And that was very surprising. I think a lot of people in the draft room were surprised. It wasn't just me. Um, Leone is on record as one of his hot takes this year and not even a hot take. I think he's even putting it into his projections that uh, Jalen Waddell was going to have a higher target share than Tyree Kill. That's one of his uh, hot takes, which I, I found very interesting. And I mean, it's not crazy because I think that the offense is going to be built around these two guys. A lot of quick pass stuff, a lot of get rid of the ball quickly. They have to play that way because their offensive line is still a, a potentially big problem. And that's how Tua plays best. So, um, and, and Tyreek Hill showed in Kansas City, you know, I, I know we joke about it, but when they put the, t- the cover two clamps on the offense, like he can win in the short areas too, you know, feed him on quick stuff. I just, I think he's going to get a ton of targets. I, I think that he's going to outkick people's 
target projections for him this year. Moving to the offense a little, a, a, a new offense is a little bit scary, but this is the way that Mike McDaniel is going to design the offense to get the ball in this dude's hands. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about Tyree Kill in a second. My 20th overall player is Alvin Kamara. Evan already mentioned he has him a tick higher. You know, the suspension stuff has some risk. I think it's like right now, as we sit here today on August 2nd, I would put it at like 80, 85, maybe even 90% that Kamara does not get suspended this season, which is really uh, a high number. And so I will willing to take Alvin Kamara 20th overall, even though, as Evan said, he's not going to catch 80 balls with Jameis in an extra target competition, but he has that role that I love, that extreme pass catching and red zone role. I mean, this dude ran for 16 touchdowns in during the 2020 season, and we know he's one of the best pass catching running backs in the game. I do expect Mark Ingram to mix in some, but that's fine. You know, we expect Isaiah Spiller to mix in some too, and I still think Austin Eckler is for sure a top six, seven, eight player without a doubt. And so Alvin Kamara, 20th overall for me. Evan, who do you have at 20? Debo Samuel. Um, and I actually, I got a question after he signed the contract, he signed his big extension. Are you going to move Debo Samuel into the top 12? And no, I'm sticking with him at at 2.08. Um, and it's because I do think his rushing attempts are going to come down, but at the same time, like targets are worth more in terms of, uh, fantasy, uh, point expectation targets are worth more than, or rushing attempts, like, like by a considerable margin. Three, three times as much. Yeah, like almost 3x. Yeah. yeah. So, but but here's the thing. There's not going to be that many targets available in the 49ers offense this year because I think they're going to be very, very, very run heavy with Trey Lance under center. And they're going to throw the ball more vertically with Trey Lance under center. And so I wonder if that might suit Brynn and Ayuk more. There's just, you know, Debo Samuel's a baller. And, I mean, I have him as a second-round fantasy pick. But he's not a guy that I'm a, a going out of my way to draft this year because um, I, I just I think the offense is going to be different with Trey Lance under center. I, I think it, it very much suited Debo Samuel with the way that they play with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and he ran super hot in terms of efficiency. There's just kind of like a, a lot of red flags here with, with Debo Samuel. My top twenty-four top two rounds the way that he had his a dot last year very short and his yards per catch is so outrageous like Mm -hmm. basically they were throwing the ball short and he was like ripping off these huge runs it's just so hard to sustain touchdown rate so hard to sustain and now we go to trey lance so as evan said like i expect even more of a run heavy attack from the 49ers so yeah i'm just i just never get debo i just i'm just out on debo and if he burns me again with this outrageous efficiency uh so be it but I can't bet on that uh, in round two. Um, 21st overall, I have Tyreek Hill, basically just echoing everything uh, that Evan said. Obviously, the quarterback downgrade is absolutely massive, especially on deep balls. But just they didn't give up and pay what they did to get Tyreek Hill for no reason. Mike McDaniel knows how to get guys who can win after the catch the ball. And no one wins in the league after the catch like Tyreek Hill. So I expect a lot of force-fed targets to Tyreek Hill and to Jalen Waddell. And that's going to be the offense, like Evan said, you know, short passes to these guys and let them make a lot of moves. And I think um, Tyreek Hill is going to catch a ton of balls this year. I have him 21st overall. And it's kind of just like a bet on talent thing. I mean, you know, we can talk all we want. If you just like go watch a Tyreek Hill game, you can see how outrageous he is compared to other NFL athletes. He's just a total, total freak. Who do you have 21st, Evan? Leonard Fournette. 
And, you know, when the, the, the reports about him showing up to mini camp, 20 plus pounds overweight, when they came out, I mean, it's concerning, you know, and it's definitely something we should talk about. And, you know, you, you don't want to see guys weight fluctuate massively over the course of an off season. You know, you want to see him staying in shape, but it sounds like he's got it. He rounded back into shape relatively quickly. You reported camp at 245, you know, a few years ago at the 2017 combine Leonard Fournette ran at 240 pounds, only four, five pounds below where he, where he allegedly was at when he reported training camp. He ran one of the best speed scores in the history of like football outsiders since they uh, came up with that stat. So um, I think he's back where he needs to be. He's probably going to continue to lose weight in the heat down there in, in Tampa. He's got a massive role, monster touchdown upside. Uh, it's concerning that the Bucks have lost some dudes up front. They lost some guys in free agency. Uh, Ryan Jensen got hurt early in training camp, and it looks like he's going to miss time. Although I like I like his backup. I remember Robert Hainsey uh, at Notre Dame. He was an absolute stud, and I think they're going to be okay on the offensive line. They have they had pretty good depth, anyways. Um, but I mean, just it, it's this massive role and the trust that he has from Tom Brady and his touchdown upside. You know, Leonard Fournette's a great pick this year in the second round. Yeah, and I actually don't have Leonard Fournette in my second round right now, but I do really like Leonard Fournette a lot. And I think that speaks to kind of a more fluid second and third round this year than normal. I don't know if you've noticed that, Evan, yeah. but like I find that there's like, like 10, 15, 20 guys I can make an argument for in kind of this, you know, 27th to 35th overall range or so. And so I'd encourage people to, uh, you know, not be too tied to their rankings or their exposures if you're doing a lot of drafts and kind of be, more fluid in there it's not like it was where there's big tear drop offs here there's a lot of guys and and i don't have learned Fournette like i said in the second round but I, I i like him for sure yeah i agree with that i think that there's a tier with the top four players and then pretty much everyone from five until like from five overall to like the mid third round i mean you could kind of throw them into a hat and pick out dudes i mean yeah there, there's a lot of good picks in that range yeah no, no doubt uh, yeah, and I also think like the third and fourth round is kind of weaker than it's been in the past, which is kind of creating a situation where there's a lot of players that can go uh, in the second round for sure. So yeah, anyways, 22nd overall, I have T Higgins. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say T Higgins is the same as Jamar Chase, but just listen to this from last year. Targets per game, including playoffs last year. T Higgins, 7.7, Jamar Chase, 7.7. Catch rate last year, T Higgins, 67%, Chase, Jamar Chase, 67%. Percentage of routes run, Jamar Chase 95%, T. Higgins 95%. Slot rate, Jamar Chase 18%, T. Higgins 21%. Average depth of target, Jamar Chase 12.9, T. Higgins 12.2. Yards per route run, Jamar Chase was ahead 2.44 to 2.18. Jamar Chase is clearly a better player, a more explosive player. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. But the role is really similar. And again, I've heard, I know I've heard some buzz on Hayden Hurst. I know they're always talking up Chris Evans. and They do not throw that much to tight end and running back. I don't think that's going to change. And so you get this really condensed target share and you can have both Jamar Chase and T Higgins as top 22 players. In my opinion, that's how I have it. T Higgins 22nd overall. I believe I had Jamar Chase fifth overall in the episode last week. Evan, who do you have at 22 overall? Mark Andrews. Um, and, you know, everybody focused on Rashad Bateman when the Ravens traded away Marquise Brown. And for good reason. I, I like Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to have a real nice year. But Mark Andrews also benefited from that. Mark Andrews is a, a vertical threat at tight end. 
he has the absolute trust of Lamar Jackson. I agree that their pass rate is probably going to come down, but he's at the forefront of, of the passing game period. And I think you can make an argument that Mark Andrews is the best receiving tight end in the NFL right now. Um, you know, he is, his statistical projection isn't as high as Travis Kelsey, but um, I, I think he's, he's probably the best pure receiving tight end in the league. For 23 overall, I have DJ Moore. And by the way, I, I just want to add here that I have T. Higgins, 22. I have DJ Moore, 23. It speaks to the way I like to draft. In other words, I like to be, when it's close, I will lean wide receiver like every time due to injury rates, due to replaceability factors, due to all kinds of things that make wide receivers better picks, in my opinion, and try to worry about running back a little bit later. So yeah, guys like, Leonard Fournette and stuff like that, you know, I, I could easily take Leonard Fournette over T. Higgins and DJ Moore. I just think that when it's close, I go wide receiver. So I have DJ Moore 23rd overall. We released a video. Hopefully you guys saw it on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or wherever, where everyone's talking about DJ Moore. And I could not agree more. Four straight years, 1,150 plus yards, despite having quarterback play from uh, Kyle Allen, Sam Darnold, mm. the corpse of Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater. Target competition, obviously, is very, very weak. I do still like Robbie as a pick where he goes, but certainly not sold on that. Terrace Marshall looks like a bust, and DJ Moore is still just 25 years old. So one of these years, like Evan said, DJ Moore's touchdown rate is going to spike. It's been so pathetic mm -hmm. uh, through the first four years of his career. But, man, dude is a baller, and I do think that Baker is an upgrade. Like, I know other people disagree. Baker's rookie year gives me hope that this is a major upgrade on Sam Darnold for DJ Moore. So I have DJ Moore. 23rd overall Evan who do you have 23rd overall T Higgins and previously you mentioned that his role his target projection those things are not that much worse than Jamar Chase and we, and we agree that Jamar Chase is the most more explosive player but T Higgins is damn good okay over his last 10 games including the playoffs he went for over 95 yards seven times mm -hmm. um, and I also think it's important to point out that and you mentioned it with Joe Mixon that they made a bunch of upgrades on the offensive line that could help the pass rate. Because if you remember in the first half of the season, we were a little frustrated. They weren't throwing the ball uh, at, at, a, at a super high rate at, at the rate that we expected. And their quarterback, Joe Burrow was coming off a du double knee ligament tear and they didn't trust their off offensive line. And I mean, it kind of, they kind of eased into it and they did it real well. I think they could come out guns blazing to start this season because they're going to trust their offensive line more. And Joe Burrow is further removed from that injury. And T. Higgins is locked into a very big target share. And, he, and he's very good. Um, so I, I, love, I love smashing the button on T. Higgins at, uh, at that uh, uh, second, third round turn. Yep. All right. 24th overall. My last pick of the second round is Javante Williams. And I kind of teased this on the last episode when we were talking about the news. So let, let's say that you know, in, I think in a worst case scenario, the split is like 55-45 in favor of Javante over Melvin. If you take Javante 24th overall and it's 55-45, you're, you're not getting crushed. I think you lose a bit of ROI on him at 24 overall. He'd be more of like a, a late round three pick in that split. But what if it's 60-40 or 65-35? Or, or as Cecil Lamia suggested, what if it ends out 70-30? Then we just got a no doubt, no mm -hmm. doubt top 10 and maybe top five player at 24 overall. I mean, Javante is just so outrageously good, majorly improved quarterback play, improved coaching. Team is loaded. 
you know, and, and also, like I mentioned, I think this range is weaker than it in the past. It's kind of late round two, early round three range. And so I'm willing to swing it upside a little bit harder here. I get that there's some risk that it turns into a straight 50-50 with Melvin. I just think that the floor here is Javante at 55-45. And so I can get paid off in a big way if there's anything close to 60-40, 65-35, 70-30. So Javante Williams, 24 overall for me. Evan, who is your last ranked player of the second round? I have Nick Chubb here. Mm. And I think that he got a little bit of a bump now that we have clarity regarding yep. Deshaun Watson's suspension. This offense could be really good when Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, and I think that early on, like Nick Chubb is just going to get fed. Uh, I think that there could be some moving pieces behind him on the depth chart. I think that's a possibility. But Nick Chubb is really good. He's locked into a, a real solid role. I know that his receiving projection, I mean, it's never going to be strong. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson is, is, you know, classically hates checking down to running backs. Um, but I think that the touchdown projection, it's really, it's a bet on a lot of touchdowns and rushing efficiency. And they just activate, they still got a good offensive line. They just activated Jack Conklin off of active PUP. He's a stud run blocker. I think Nick Chubb is a solid pick this year. Um, but you know, the, the reason that he's not higher. And I mean, I think you can make an argument that he's the best pure runner in the NFL. I would go with Derrick Henry, but Nick Chubb is awfully close. Uh, the reason that he's not higher is because of that low receiving projection. Um, but I mean, I, I think he's a real solid pick here at the two, three turn. Uh, one thing I note on the Browns when Brissett is out there. So the first four games, the Browns play Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. And then they play Chargers and Patriots. But I mean, it's a pretty soft start for them to get leads, even with mm-hmm. good Brissett. The thing is, if you think Joey Brett's going to be awful and they're going to get behind, I mean, Nick Chubb is not going to pay it off, you know, when, when, yeah. they're, when they're behind in games. He's just not. But I agree with you. Just an unbelievably efficient and good runner for sure. Things could get shaken up. Kareem Hunt gets dealt, even though they do have Dearness Johnson there. But we'll see. Those kind of trade rumors in the NFL rarely, rarely, rarely materialize. All right. There you have it. Our second round picks revealed. Appreciate you all. If you are listening to this podcast, I suspect you'll enjoy some of the stuff that we are doing on YouTube. Be sure you hit the subscribe button there. There is content on there that is not on this audio feed. Also, be sure you pick up the draft kit. We have two tiers of the draft kit, one for $4,999, one for $34.99, depending on what you need. Early bird on the bundle will be expiring soon. Be sure to check that out. For Evan. For producer Luke, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.